Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword new song. And now, check out our message of the week. If you're ready to study the Word of God, say, I am. I am. I am. All right, let's do that. Get out your study notes and, and um, um, your Bibles. We've got a lot of verses to look at today. And uh, last week, we talked about being hooked to the love of God, just addicted, enamored, captivated by the love of God. And today, we're going to talk about being hooked on the presence of God, being addicted to the presence of God of God, captivated by the presence of God. And I, I think it's something that, that um, we here at New Song probably don't talk about enough uh, because in the presence of God, you, you don't know what can happen in one moment in the presence of God. You don't know. You don't know the transformation that it can occur in your life in one moment in God's presence. And I'm telling you, you let me say it this way too. The, the Bible says when, when we pray, we go into our secret place, into our, our place of prayer, and we spend time in the presence of the Lord. And he says, hey, if you come and seek me in private, I'll reward you. I'll answer your prayers. Like, when you come and seek me and pray to me and call upon me in private, not for show, but just because you love my presence and you love being with me and you know that I'm the source of your life, then what you ask for in private, I'll make public. Like, I'll reward you in public. And I'm telling you, the presence of God is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Everybody, right, uh, just notice at the top, I didn't want you to fill in the blanks right off the bat. I just wanted to make a statement that when I truly love someone, whether it's God or family or friends, I long to be in their presence more than anything else. When I truly love somebody, what I really want to be, if I'm truly in love, what I really want to be is in, is in their presence more than anything else. Let, let me say it like this. It, I'm, I'm married, and I'm, I'm actually, you know this, I said it last week. I am enamored by my wife. I'm just captivated by her. I'm so in love with my wife. And if I didn't see her all week, but yet she gave me a gift every day, as much as I would appreciate the gifts, I would rather have her presence. I would rather just be with her. Everybody know what I'm talking about, Right? Like, like, okay, when a loved one passes away, I promise you with Pastor Lowell, with, with Barbara Flossenzier, with so many that have lost loved ones this past year, like they, at this moment, they can look at pictures and they can see what that person has made or what that person uh, loved. And they, they can, they can um, uh, maybe remember gifts that they received in the past. But I promise you, what they want more than anything else is just to be in that person's presence, right? Because that's what love is all about. Like love says... I just want to be in your presence. I don't want to be, like with my wife and I, I mean, we just love being together. Like, we just love being together. I, I just, you know, it, when it comes even to our days off, it, it, when we say, well, hey, what are we going to do today? It's never, what are you going to do today? It's always, what are we going to do together today? Because we just love being together. And, and if you really love God, if you ask yourself, <clears throat> do I really, really love God? Can I, can I ask you, can I pose that same question in a different way? Do you actually long to be in his presence? Do you think about his presence? Do you look for ways to be in his presence? Or are you, are you that type of person that says, eh, eh, 
I don't know if I feel like church today. I mean, I know God's going to be there, but eh. Or are you like, eh, you know, I probably should have prayed today. I feel kind of bad about that. But you don't feel bad about it because you miss being in his presence. You feel bad because you know you should be doing something that you're not. You see the difference? And I'm at this place in my life where I just long to be in God's presence all the time. And I know what some of you are saying, like, well, Pastor, the Bible pretty clearly says we're always in his presence. Let, let me tell you some differences here. Let, uh, letter A, write this down. The Bible actually emphasizes God's manifest presence, not only his omnipresence. So a lot of people might say, well, Pastor, we're always in the presence of God. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah, you're right. He is everywhere. But there is also... There is also the manifest presence of God, and it's different than the omnipresence of God. Let, let me show you what I mean. Jeremiah chapter 22, 23 says, I, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and, and not a God far away? And who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? What, what's this? Do not I fill heaven and earth, he says. Like, obviously, everybody, God is everywhere. All the time. He is omnipresent. So, so his presence is filling this room right now because we are two or three or more gathered in the name of Jesus Christ. His presence is here. But can I tell you something else? His presence is in a church in Europe, in a church in Africa right now, in a church in China. Right now, simultaneously, he is omnipresent. But now let's look at James 4.8. And this is about the more the manifest presence of God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Well, well, wait a second. Aren't we always in his presence? See, this is not talking about the omnipresence of God. It is talking about the manifest presence of God. That when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. That's what the Bible says. Like there is an overwhelming, how can I say this? There have been moments in my life where I've realized I'm in the presence of God. And then there are other moments in my life where I realized I'm in the presence of God. Like, I had this overwhelming sense of, God is here. The manifest presence of God. And one of my prayers, everybody, one of my prayers that, that I pray over you is that you would just love the presence of God so much that you would put yourself in it as often as possible. It's one of my prayers for you, that you would, that you would love his presence that much that you would never miss the opportunity to put yourself in his presence. That's what I want for you. Can I, can, I, can I go even deeper? That's what God wants for you. He wants to be with you. Not, not just be around you. Not, not just to be around you and hundreds of other, others. He, he wants to be with you. He wants you to, to know him intimately. You say, well, I, I don't know how to do that. Well, get in his presence. Seek him. The Bible says, if you seek him, you will find him. When you get alone with him, he'll show up. I'm telling you, he'll just show up. And I've sensed it in my life. I've went to my prayer closet multiple times, hundreds of times, where I would go in there and say, God, I feel nothing. God, I don't know the answer. God, I'm confused. And by the time I left that, I entered it with tears in my eyes, but I left it with a smile on my face because I was in the presence of God, and God reminded me, that, hey, I'm here, I see, I know, and I was changed in the presence of my Father. 
the manifest presence of God. Let me tell you something else that you probably didn't know. Let her be write this down, that the Bible actually begins and ends with the manifest presence of God. Not just with the omnipresence of God, but with the manifest presence of God. The Bible actually begins and ends with it. It's in the, it's in the first book. It's in the last book. Let me prove that to you. Genesis 3, 8, you know this. I probably don't even have to read this verse. In fact, I won't. But the Bible says that Adam and Eve were in the garden and that God actually walked in the garden with them in the cool of the day. It was his manifest presence. Like in the perfect world that God designed, he wasn't just a God from afar. He was God with them. That's why Jesus, by the way, is called Emmanuel, God with us. Because God was walking with him. He was fellowshipping with them. He, he was not just saying, hey, hey, I'm just everywhere all the time. He was looking at them saying, no, I'm with you. I'm with you right now, right here. You're in my presence. Isn't that amazing? And then we look to the book of Revelation, the very last book in the Bible. In fact, <laughs> at the very end of the last book in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, uh, John the Revelator said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And watch this. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. The Bible begins and ends talking about the manifest presence of God. You know what God's goal is for you? That you would be in his actual presence for all of eternity. And that you would bring as many people with you as possible. You know what his ultimate goal with you is? To be with you forever. And you know what your goal should be? What you should be looking forward to the most? God, I get to be with you forever. Forever. The manifest presence of God. So the presence of God, everybody, you should, you should be hooked on it. You should be captivated by his presence. It changes everything. And I'm going to prove that to you in Scripture today. We're going to look at the life of Isaiah. In fact, not just the life of Isaiah, but this moment that Isaiah had. And it's a very um, famous portion of Scripture. If you, if you read the Old Testament, this is going to obviously ring true. You're going to understand this more. And it starts in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. That God wants to reveal himself to you. And this not only happened in Isaiah's life, but it happened in the life of everybody who had an encounter with God throughout the entirety of the Bible. And I'm going I'm to show you this same story using Isaiah, but I'm going to prove it to you in multiple people's lives throughout the word of God. And the same thing that God had for them is also what he has for you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Look, let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died. Now, let, let's stop right there. I, I, I got I to share with you a little bit about this. Uzziah became king of Israel when, actually when he was 16 years old. That's a pretty young king, isn't it? And actually, Uzziah was a really great king for a lot of years. Like the, the nation of Israel was being blessed under his leadership, 
But something happened in his life, everybody. He got prideful. Like, not just a little bit prideful, but he got very prideful. So prideful that, that you, know, you know, in the Old Testament, um, um, there was certain protocol to go into the presence of God. There was this protocol there. And you really had to, you know, the Levites were the ones that were really to go into the manifest presence of God. Well, Uzziah, in, in his pride, and thinking that he's all that, pride got the very best of him. And he decided to, be, to bypass all protocol, and he went directly, just moving people out of the way, directly into the manifest presence of God. You know what happened? He was not only stricken with leprosy, but what started out as a very good king ended on a very bad note. And his nation, after he did that, went into chaos. It was chaotic. In fact, one of the greatest sermons I've ever heard preached was, was by the title, In the Year That Pride Died. In the year that pride died. In the year that King Uzziah died. Because he was a man of pride. And what I want to say before anything, because I don't, there's no coincidences in the Bible, everybody. There's not a coincidence in the Bible. It's there written, uh, it's penned by men, but authored by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wanted us to know something, that in the year that pride died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. Now, now just stay right there. Hold that verse right there. In the year that pride died, I saw the Lord. Can I tell you that you will experience the presence of the Lord? The men, one of the, let me say it this way. One of the very first things that you have to do if you want to experience the manifest presence of the Lord is humble yourself before God. And when you enter into the presence of God with a humble heart, God will reveal himself to you. But don't enter into his presence with pride, everybody. Um, that's not going to produce what you, what you would like to have in your life. In fact, the Bible says pride comes before fall. Like you, you don't want to live life like that. Always, 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 always stay humble. Always stay humble. The, the staff and I talk about that a lot here at New Song. We've just made a decision in our life we're going to stay humble. And, and you, know, you, you know what? What that means, and you'll see this every single Sunday. I, I, don't, I don't care if you're the wealthiest person in town or the poorest person in town. I'm going to treat you exactly the same way. I'm not going to show favoritism. I'm going to love the unlovely. I, I'm going I'm to love the ones that are difficult to love exactly the same way that I love those who are easy to love. I'm going to hang around the ones that everybody wants to be with, and I'm going to hang around the ones that nobody wants to be with. Why? Because I've learned something in my life. Pride produces nothing good in me, and it produces nothing good in this church. So, New Song, let's just stay humble. Let's just continue to love the unlovely. What, what if we all gathered in this room in humility? I mean, I mean sincere humility. I promise you something. God is going to show up in a powerful way. He's going to reveal himself to us when we stay humble. How many know some churches that got kind of prideful? Some, in fact, men of God, women of God who got prideful, and it was their downfall. So let's never get prideful, everybody. Let's stay humble. Let's love those who are easy to love, and let's go out of our way to love people who are hard to love, who are difficult to love. 
let's love them too. Because that's what humility does. In the year that pride died, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they, they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Wouldn't that be amazing to see? I, I'm telling you, everybody, Hollywood, Hollywood, knows, Hollywood can't do justice to what it's like in the presence of the Lord. They can't even begin to fathom what it would be like in the presence of the Lord. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Everybody, the, the, the very first thing that God did with Isaiah in this is he revealed himself to Isaiah. He, he, he was showing himself, Isaiah, I am a very big God. And everybody, when we come into the presence of the Lord in humility, and he reveals himself to us, and he will, I promise you, one thing that you'll walk away with is, wow, I'm no big deal. I am no big deal. I am so small in comparison to the greatness of God, and yet he loves me. He loves me with a great love. That's what you should get when he reveals himself to you. Let's keep, let's keep moving. Number two, God wants to cleanse me. God wants to cleanse me. He not only wants to reveal himself to me, but he wants to cleanse me when I'm in his presence. Isaiah 6, 4 and 7 says, And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. It, it, you can say it this way, everybody. The temple was filled with the very glory of God with the very glory of God, with the presence of God, and it was overwhelming. And, and you would think, you think, whoa, that's great, that's great. Can I tell you, everybody, when you get into the presence of God, and you understand God reveals himself to you, and you understand the greatness of God, one of the first things that you'll realize is that you don't deserve to be there. Because watch what Isaiah's response you ready for this? Now, th now this is a biblical paradigm. This is a, a, a biblical uh, view of being in the presence of God, and it happens all throughout Scripture. So remember this, that Isaiah's response was, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He was saying, whoa, oh, God, I can't be here right now. I, I can't be here right now. You're too big for me, God. And I see who I am. I know who I am, and I don't deserve to be in your presence. God, I know me. I don't deserve to be here. Can, can I tell you, there, there's a sign that we have right as we enter through this door. Every time that every person comes up on this platform, we read a sign that says it is a privilege. It is a privilege to be on this platform today. It's a privilege to be out here because every single one of us know that on the inside, God, I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. The only reason I'm, I'm here, everybody, new song, I'm just being honest with you. The only reason I'm here is because God is a merciful and gracious and loving Father. 
That's why I'm here. I'm certainly not here because I deserve to be. And you wouldn't deserve to sit in this chair either, by the way. Nobody really does. It's the call of God based upon his mercy and his grace and his love. So what, what does he say? Oh, God, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not supposed to be in your presence like this. I am a man with unclean lips. Like, I got issues. I got issues. Can I tell you something? That when, when you come into the presence of God, the very thing that'll, uh, the, let, let me say it this way, the very thing that most people struggle with when it comes to the presence of God is their feeling that they don't deserve to be there. I know what I said this week. I know what I thought this week. I know what I did this week. I don't deserve to be in the presence of God. God, so, so we gather in this room on a Sunday morning, and I promise you this happened to multiple people here in this room this morning. When praise and worship is going on, and you want to praise God, something inside of you says, I know God deserves my praise, but you stand there. You know why you stand there? Because the devil is reminding you what you said this week and what you thought this week and what you did this week. You're like, I don't even deserve to raise my hands to this incredible God. I don't deserve that. I, I, I can't do that because then I would be a hypocrite. Can I tell you, it is not hypocritical to come into the presence of God and say, Hey, God, I don't deserve to praise you. I know who I am. But I'm going to praise you anyway because you're a good father. I'm going to praise you not out of my badness. I'm going to praise you because of your goodness. That's why I'm going to praise you. So go ahead, acknowledge who you are. God, I am not perfect, but you are. So therefore, let this person of imperfection praise you anyway. Can I tell you, that's a person who's worshiping in spirit and in truth. Because when you come into the presence of God and you, you think that you've earned the right to praise God, Pride has entered your heart. Every time I worship the Lord, I'm reminded, everybody, I'm reminded every time I worship the Lord that I don't deserve to be praising him. That, that, that there are things in me that I know that God is still working on and he's working in me. And, and I struggle, everybody. And sometimes I come to this place and realize, well, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't deserve this. But one thing I know about God is he deserves the praise regardless of who I am, regardless of what I've done, he still deserves praise. Like He deserves it, and I'm going to give it to him. And, and then it also reminds me, by the way, that in moments like this, can, can I tell you something? In moments like this, I, I realize that I don't deserve to be there, but I also realize that I'm saved by grace through faith, and therefore, as God's child, an imperfect child, yes, but I'm still his child. Of course I get to be with my father. Of course he wants me to be with him. And so I praise him because he's a God of grace, because he's a God of mercy. I realize in moments, yes, I'm unclean, but I'm also cleansed. And watch what happens here. I'm going to prove this to you in Scripture. You ready for this in Isaiah? Because the story keeps going. He says, Woe to me, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So he's having an issue in the presence of God. But then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Hey, 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 you've been cleansed. 
Get your mind off of your sin. Get your mind off of your past. You've been cleansed. So yeah, when you come into the presence of the Lord, you're going to be reminded that you don't deserve to be there. But the Lord is also going to remind you. That's, the, the devil is going to remind you that you don't deserve to be there. But the Lord is going to remind you that you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. You have been washed clean. See, see, there's no, it's no accident that he uses, he, he uses this angel to come and take a coal from the altar. You know, in, in, this, in, in this era of time, in the Old Testament, there would be uh, animal sacrifices. And that's what this altar was for. And so, so, so the angel comes, and, and that coal was representative of the sacrifice. And he came, and he touched Isaiah with it. And can I tell you, everybody, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And the Bible says that he died once and for all. Like, no more sacrificing animals. So we come into this room, and we, we, we think, oh, I don't deserve to be here. But then God, as he's revealing himself to us, he says, no, 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 you've been cleansed. I, I, I've given you my grace. I've given you my mercy. You're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when that thought comes on us, our hands go up, and we say, praise God, you cleansed me. Praise God, I've been forgiven. Praise God, I'm no longer bound. Praise God that you're working on me and you're working in me and I'm not the man that I used to be. Say, I'm not the man I used to be. The Bible says that God changes us from glory to glory. The King James Version says, let me say it this way, God changes us in increments. I'm not who I want to be, but I'm not who I was. Not who I used to be, because God is changing me from glory to glory. Are you receiving this this morning? Isn't this good stuff? Yeah, you don't deserve to be here in this room, but God is good. And he's gracious. And he's merciful. And you've been forgiven. If you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, if you've trusted him as Lord, if you believe in Jesus and believe in the resurrection and know that he is your Savior, you have been forgiven, and you can certainly worship him in spirit and in truth, knowing that all of your sins, past, present, future, they are forgiven because of the grace and the mercy of God. So God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to cleanse you. This is number three, and I put this in there because not that, not that this would be part of Isaiah's story, but also Isaiah was living in the Old Testament. We are not an Old Testament church. We are under a, a, a new dispensation. We are a New Testament uh, a church. And that means, you know, something else happens in our life now as New Testament believers. Number three, God wants to fill me. God wants to fill me. Now, we see this in the New Testament, but we don't necessarily see it in the Old Testament. So I'm not going to just, I'm, I'm going to break off of Isaiah here, and I'm going to show you something else, that God wants to fill you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to cleanse you, and he also wants to fill you. John 15, 5, out of the New King James Version, says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, I'm going to fill him with my presence, bears much fruit. For without me, you can't do anything. Like Jesus says, no, I'm here to fill you. Not only Jesus Christ, but also the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So, so let me give you another, uh, uh, another uh, okay, let, let's do this first. Let's go to number four. Just write this down, and then we'll come back, all right? Number four, we're not going to hit the verses, only the point that God wants to use me, that God wants to use me. And, and I'm going to give you a couple of things here. Let, let's look at Saul, who became Paul, right? But on the way to Damascus, what, what did he do? What, what did he have? He had an encounter with Jesus, right? And Jesus revealed himself to Paul. How many know what I'm talking about? Paul had an encounter with Jesus. And so he goes to this, he said, hey, listen, I want you to go here to this guy's house. He's going to pray for you. And that was Ananias and Ananias did. And all of a sudden, after, after a short amount of time, these scales fell off of his eyes. These scales fell off of his eyes. Let, let me say it like this way. Paul was being cleansed. He was being cleansed. The, the, the lies that he was believing were falling off. It was, it was an example that he was being cleansed from the lies that he had believed, from the way of life that he was living. And, he, and God was revealing himself to him and cleansing him from those, these things all at the same time. And then, can I, can I tell you, can I break this down even more? The, the Bible says that, that he was actually, at that point, they prayed over him so he'd be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because God had a, a call on his life. He wanted to use him. He said, hey, I'm sending you to, not to the Jews, but I'm actually sending you to the Gentiles. God reveals himself. He cleanses us. He fills us. And he uses us. Can I tell you, that sounds really familiar, everybody. That right here at New Song, everything that we do is based upon four things. That we want you to know God, find freedom. Discover purpose, make a difference. That's what we want for you. We want God to reveal himself to you. We want you to be cleansed. We want you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We want you to go out and make a difference. We want God to use you. Do you see how all of this works? And it happens throughout the entirety of the Bible. That's why I tell you, it's, it's just those four things that God wants to do in every one of us. He wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover your purpose, and he wants you to make a difference. If you say, I don't know my purpose, that's why next steps is happening at 1045. You need to be in there. Acts 2, 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Acts 4, 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I'm talking about hooked on the, the, the manifest presence of God and what's going to happen in his presence. Acts 9, 17, then Ananias, this is what we were talking about. Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, sent me so that you may see again, so that you can be cleansed and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Everybody, because we are, we are part of the New Testament church, God wants you to be filled with his Spirit. He wants you to be filled with his Spirit. 
He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. I could give you so many verses about that. But if, if the only verse in Scripture was Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, wouldn't that be enough to say, oh, apparently I need that? So the Bible just told me that. How many times does the Bible have to say that before you believe it? He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. So you need to put yourself in the presence of God as often as possible, the manifest presence of God. Spend time in your, in your prayer closet, in the secret place, seeking the Lord, and he'll reveal himself to you, and he will cleanse you, and he will fill you. And all of that is because he wants to use you. In fact, Isaiah, let's go back to Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 8 through 9, said, Then I heard, heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? So I've revealed myself to you. I've cleansed you. Now, who am I going to send? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, and God said, well, go and tell this people. And he gave Isaiah an assignment. He gave Isaiah an assignment. And you'll see that all through Scripture. Let, let me tell you this way, everybody. We have to be hooked on the presence of God. I want you to be enamored by the presence of God, captivated in the presence of God. I want you to pursue the presence of God. I want you to do that every single, every single day, every single day. Go after the Lord because everybody, if we truly love someone, whether it's God, family, or friends, we always want to be in their presence. That's what we want. That's how we know we love somebody. Do you love the Lord? Are you pursuing him? Do you want to be in his presence? If you want to be in his presence, watch what he'll do. He'll reveal himself. He'll cleanse you. He'll fill you, and then he'll use you. Look at the life of Moses. Moses, remember in Exodus chapter 3, Moses was tending the flocks of Jethro, his father-in-law. And, and he, he led the, that flock to the far side of the wilderness and he came across something. And it was this bush that was burning, but it wasn't really burning. Like it was burning, but it wasn't burning up. And so he approached it. And, 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 and when he went to look at it from within the bush, he hears God saying, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I, here I am. And watch what God does. He says, Moses, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So, so God revealed himself to Moses. And then he said, by the way, uh, what you're standing on, don't come any closer. What you're standing on is holy ground, and I need you to take off your sandals. You say, well, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. It's not just awesome. That was, that was cleansing. Because see, sandals, sandals in the presence of God, sandals represented defilement. He, he was saying, Moses, you've been defiled by the world. No, I'm cleansing you now. Take off those sandals. You're in my presence. <laughs> and of course, Moses, everybody, he heard the voice of God and God said to him, now go, I'm sending you. What does God do? He reveals himself to us. He cleanses us. He fills us because we're New Testament church. And then he uses us for his glory. And I could tell you, think about any person in the Bible who's had an encounter with God. And you'll see that, that God reveals himself to them. He cleanses them and he uses them 
for his glory over and over and over and over and over again. And it's the same thing that he wants to do in all of, all of you today. He wants to do the exact same thing in all of you today. So when God reaches out to me, he does that so I can reach out to others. When God reaches out to you, he does that because ultimately he wants you to reach out to others. You see how that works? And oh, does he want to reach out to you? Would you stand with me? This is a good word for us, hooked on the presence of the Lord. Let this church be a church that is addicted to the presence of the Lord. Oh Lord, let this church be a church that is addicted to your presence, that longs to be in your presence, that we love you so much, that we long to be in your presence. Let us love you that much, Lord, that we long to know you, to seek you, to embrace you, to reach out to you. And I know that when we do that, Father, when we seek after you, when, when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And we realize today that we don't, we don't ever want to miss out for being in your presence. New song I'm going to ask you right now with nobody looking around. I'm going to ask you right now, can you make a commitment in your life? Can you make a commitment in your life because of your love for the Lord that you would just say today that every single chance I get, I'm going to put myself in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to put myself in his presence every chance I get. I'm going to live with the knowledge of his presence. That I'm not, I'm not just making a commitment to, to come into church every Sunday, although that's certainly part of it at New Song. You should always long to come to church and worship with other believers. But that you would realize that the God, God is omnipresent, but at the same point, you, you want to experience the manifest presence of God. That every day, every moment, you would just wake up to the knowledge of He is here right now with me. And I'm going to enjoy His presence right now. Not only in the secret place, but you're going to do that in your car as you're driving down the road. You're going to do that in your home as you're sitting around the dinner table. You're going to realize that the presence of God is right there. And you're just going to enjoy His presence. And you're going to honor Him in all things at all times. And you're going to pray those prayers. God, reveal yourself to me. Cleanse me. Fill me. And use me for the glory of your name. God, I want to know you. I want to find freedom. I want to know my purpose. And I want to make a difference. So God, reveal yourself to me. Envelop me. Consume me with your presence. Consume me with your presence. With nobody looking around, if that's your prayer this morning, that's... If you sense that call from the Holy Spirit, you need, you need to purposely pursue the Father in his presence far more than you've been doing. Could we all just lift up our hands to the Lord?
and just humble ourselves before him. This is an act of humility. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you. We are reminded oftentimes when we come into moments like this that we don't deserve to lift our hands in praise or to humbly surrender to you. But we are also reminded by the power of your spirit that we are saved by grace through faith, that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that we don't stand here condemned, but we stand here free because of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we have been cleansed from all unrighteousness, that you're a good God who loves us. You're a good, gracious, and merciful Father. And we can now worship you in spirit and in truth. And we can enjoy your presence because of the gift of your son, Jesus. We don't have to be scared of your presence. We now enjoy your presence, Father, because we realize you've saved us. You've set us free. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that we didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to achieve it. We can just enjoy it because of what you've done in our lives. And Lord, I bless this church, every single person in this room with a longing, a deep desire to know you, to seek your presence all of their days. Lord, I bless this church with a heart and a mindset that they would be addicted to your presence, that they would be captivated by your love, and they would be hooked on you for the rest of their lives. And I thank you for doing it. And fill us, I pray, with your precious Holy Spirit. Fill us, I pray. Phyllis, I pray. Come on, let's lift our hands up one more time. And just say, Heavenly Father, fill me with your spirit. Don't, don't just reveal yourself and don't just cleanse me, but fill me. Fill me too, Father. I want everything that you have for me. I know whatever you give me is going to be good. It's going to be perfect for me because it comes from you. And I humbly ask, Father, Fill me with your spirit like never before so that you could use me like never before. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that when we are filled with you, everything that's not of you has to leave. <laughs> not only our past, not only our sins, our habits, but sicknesses and wrong mindsets and wrong attitudes when we are filled with you we are also washed of things that would hinder us from living out our God-given purpose and we thank you that we are cleansed fully cleansed spiritually physically emotionally in every single way we are cleansed and we thank you for it and we celebrate it today in Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. 
To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.